Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith Miller. He's a well-respected national high school football recruiting analyst. Craig Biggins. Together they bring you the transparent truth, the world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to Recorded Live, The Transparent Truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. Intercom Studios, Miracle Mile. Little bittersweet today. I do not have my partner in crime with me. At Greg Biggins is not in studio. And I'm feeling a little lonely. Hold on, hold on. Phones are ringing. Hello. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the GOAT. Calling in from Huntington Beach, GB. How you doing, dude? I'm so. I think I just freaked out my dog with my loud ha ha. I gotta stop doing that. I, I underestimate my my strength of my voice. Yeah, you know what? I think you I probably freak a lot of people out with that, GB. Yeah, I gotta I gotta dial that down. Hey man, it's good to have you on. I thought you, you know you couldn't make it today. I know recruiting is driving you wild. National Signing Day, of course, is today, uh, but we're recording on a Tuesday. And, man, what do you got for us? What's going on in the world of recruiting? I know there were some late happenings last night with De La Salle's big defensive tackle. And there's a lot going on in the recruiting front. Why don't you get us updated ASAP? There is a lot going on. <coughs> Dude, I think I just lost my voice with that loud ha. I got <coughs> I to I gotta get myself going here. So Thule, let Thule Gasanoa. I think I just butchered that name. We'll just call him Thule for short, the big time Dennis Alge tackle, nose guard, tie flip, and committed to USC, gosh, for a long time. Went ahead and flipped to the Washington Huskies. That was kind of sweet revenge for UW, who lost Marlon Tui Peloto. Marlon Tui Peloto, who flipped from Washington to USC a year ago around this time. So, Tuli was supposed to visit UW last week. There was all kinds of rumors that a flip was imminent, so this wasn't a huge shock, but he didn't make the visit, ended up visiting this weekend instead, this past weekend. And guess what, Keith? Tuli is going to going to the Huskies. I think that's big time. Can you imagine the Huskies reeling in Tuli as a big-time Polynesian defensive tackle coming off the ball with quickness and power and size and also reeling in the top linebacker in the country, Polynesian linebacker Brandon Cajo from Reno, Nevada. I mean, you talk about loading up the interior of your defense for the future. The Huskies with a big-time recruiting coup. It's like dueling tallies, right? Remember du- dueling pianos going back and forth through USC and UW right now are just cleaning up when it comes to per- – comes to recruit the Polynesian kids. There's no question so, about it, yeah. I agree. I, I like Thule. He didn't have a, a, a great senior year only because he was hurt a lot. You know, he just he was hurt his junior year too, so he's been kind of banged up the last couple of years. So he needs to get his body right. He needs to probably maybe uh, tone down a little bit, but the, the ability he has is really, really good. I remember watching him as a sophomore 
uh, they, they played Trinity out of Texas, and our Texas guys were saying, dude, this guy is unbelievable. He, they thought he was a D1 guy right then. He was just a sophomore. That was last year. He was actually healthy. So that was last night, Coach. Uh, I don't see a whole lot happening today. It's kind of the calm before the storm. But tomorrow, man, there's all kinds of stuff going on. Um, oh, shoot, we probably should recap. I know last week we kind of previewed uh, a bunch of upcoming decisions. And uh, how about Julius Irving going to Washington and Brevin White sticking with Princeton? So kind of breaking those two down real quick. You know, Julius Irving's recruitment is kind of one of the more interesting, I'll even use the word fascinating for me, of the year. Talking about a kid who was just maybe not hours, but pretty dang close to signing with Notre Dame back in December during that early signing period, which took place December 20th, decided to, to hold back, he had a family emergency, decided no decision. Then he was very close to committing to USC, pulled back, took a visit to Alabama, loved it. Tosh came in home. Uh, they really liked Alabama a lot, but at the end of the day, they felt they had the most consistent relationship with Jimmy Lake and the Washington Huskies. He was the guy they trusted the most. He was the guy they felt that, you know, he could really develop me uh, on and off the field. And so Mr. Julius Irvin went ahead and committed to Washington and will sign tomorrow with the Huskies. And then talk about a fascinating recruitment. How about, you know, Brevin White, um, a, a guy I've known forever, could love the White family, obviously covered Brady, who's transferred recently from Arizona State to Memphis. But, you know, Brevin had a, a rough junior year. His recruitment fell off. He did have a, a few pretty solid offers, but Boise State, Oregon State, Washington State all took kids right before he could commit there. Ended up choosing Princeton instead. Had a good senior year, good senior tape. All these schools came back into the picture. Minnesota tripped him in. Uh, Boise State went back after him. Oregon State went back after him. Kind of said, you know what, no, I'm, the, the whole recruiting process wasn't fun for me. I'm good, Princeton. And then Alabama came in. And we all know Alabama's a different level of monster you have to t- have to at least go check them out and check that visit out. That's what he did. He took a visit, and you know, going into that visit, he told me that uh, you know what he he's going to Princeton. He he had to take the visit, but I didn't see uh, any real um, flip potential out of Brevin. I think he really loved it at Princeton, and and then he took the visit and was blown away. And I think the percentage went from maybe ninety five percent Princeton to like sixty forty. Then it was fifty fifty. And the week dragged on, and we thought he was going to sign on Wednesday. He decided on Friday instead to say, you know what, Princeton is just the best fit for me. So those two recruitments, Julius Urban and Brevin White, uh, both pretty unique in their own way there, Keith. Julius Urban, like you said, an interesting story in terms of recruitment, close to the Notre Dame sign, pulls back, ends up signing with Washington. I think is a terrific fit as a big athletic defensive back in their secondary. Versatile, can play a deep high safety, one high. He can play a two high safety. He can be a cover two corner. He can be a press man corner. He's versatile. He's athletic. He's long. He's a terrific fit for Jimmy Lake. Coach Will Harris over there at University of Washington. I think he's going to do a great job. And I don't think he's going to stay four years, if you ask me, Greg. I think he's a three years and done guy. Chris Peterson does a great job developing players. And uh, I only see him being there for three years at the most. Uh, four if he in red shirts a year. And I think he's going to be off to the NFL. On the flip side of that, we talked about Brevin White last week and I, and I said if he was my son I would suggest him suggest to him that he go to Princeton again I think it's a the better fit for Brevin um, to, to me he's not a 
Alabama uh, style quarterback, just in terms of style, right? Right now, they've been going with more athletic kids, more dual threat kids. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Tua, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Now you come in with Brevin White. Chances are he's not going to play very much. It's a great experience. But at the end of the day, you want to set your – college is, is is a way to set yourself up and to prepare yourself into adulthood and prepare yourself for a life that is, you know, attainable and something that's comfortable after you get out of college – Princeton can help him do that. I just hope one day he's there so he can offer me a job, GB. You know what's interesting? So I, I agree with most of what you said, but I'm a little surprised. I'm going to give you a, a chance to explain something because one thing that you, we've talked about on the air, and, and you know, we had Jack Lamb and something that you talked about, you know, parents that are holding their kids back. You know where I'm going with this, don't you, Keith? I don't, but go ahead and explain. You, you, you like, and I admire this, you, you want people to do stuff that makes them uncomfortable. You want people to kind of, you know, go outside the box yeah. and take that challenge. Yes. You know, Jack Lamb chose Notre Dame because it was the harder choice. Yep. Right? Not being held back is the tougher choice. It, it's, the, it's the more uncomfortable choice. It's where you grow in, in that type of issues. And so, while I agree with you that Princeton is really hard to turn down, the only thing for me... In terms of Brevin, I feel like at some point in his life when he's 60 years old, and I said, you know, I'm thinking to myself, what choice would you regret more? Going to Alabama, playing football, having an opportunity. Maybe you don't ever see the field, but shoot, you've experienced Alabama football. You can always go get your master's at an Ivy League school. If you're an Ivy League school, who wouldn't want to have a former Alabama quarterback, you know, as part of their alumni base, just kind of it's a nice little feather for them. But if you go to Princeton, you can never get this opportunity again. And if you're six years old, I just wonder if you're watching this football game and say, man, what if I would have went to Alabama and, and just given it my best shot to make the NFL? Not saying you can't do it from Princeton, but you can't do it from Princeton. I mean, yeah. going to West Junior College, who's down the street for me, would beat Princeton by 40. <laughs> so... I mean, Princeton is five, and I think they were five and five last. They're not even a top Ivy League school. So right. while I admire the academic thing, and I would probably advise my kids, shoot, man, Ivy League, you're set. I just, the whole what if factor, man, if I'm living life on the edge, I'm just saying, <laughs> so just give it a chance, right? Just give it a chance to see what if. But no, I, I agree with what you're saying. But I'm just, I just wonder what if he would have done it and, it would have been fun. This would have been fun to say you tried, you know? Sure, but, you know, GB, you know the family well. Are they a family that lives life on the edge? Now, if you were talking about the Miller family, then I'd say, you know what, Skyler, Austin, Alabama might be the go-to. But you know the White family well. What is that makeup like? What is their makeup like? You know, it's an awesome family, and I actually think they were on board on board with Bama. Uh-huh. I think, I think you know, I, I, Dad is extremely competitive, Um you know, he's a you know former athlete. He's a Pac-12 Mountain West referee for basketball. He's the only Pac-12 ref I like. <laughs> the joke is, you know, Pac-12 refs are the worst, but I do like Darren White quite a bit. And they were on board. I, I think they felt like Brevin was good enough to compete. It wasn't like, oh, here's this, you know, backup, backup, backup option, going to go try to be Rudy at yeah. Notre Dame. No, right. this is a kid who they felt was, was good enough to, to go play there. I think Mom, Mom loved it, too. Brady thought it was cool. Um, so... They were on board, and they was it was Brevin's decision, and uh, I, I just think he, you know, ended the day. He just said Princeton 
which is the best fit for him and for short-term and long-term goals. So you can't argue with that at all, obviously, right? No, because uh, at, at some point in the near future, Greg, he's going to own college football. He's going to buy it and own it with that Princeton degree and his business background and so on and so forth. So shout out to Brevin White. Shout out to the White family. I can only imagine what that process was like for them. It's got to be enjoyable, but agonizing, Greg. Agonizing, you know, every night trying to break down every component, every variable in that decision-making process. And uh, they, you know, Brady, he chose, excuse me, not Brady, but Brevin, he chose what's best for him. And good luck and God bless. And we hope you do a great thing over at Princeton. No question. Yeah, also a last one, one last one to throw out there. Matthew Chago, uh, he made a late commitment last week to Oregon State. They brought him in as a linebacker. Nebraska also was in the mix. They recruited him for quarterback, but Matthew Chago is going to Oregon State. So a really nice pickup for them. Uh, also, I'm not sure we covered this one because it happened kind of later than me, but Tyler Manoa, who's kind of a big-time defensive lineman sure. uh, up in Northern California, he committed to UCLA. So that's kind of catching up to speed. Now tomorrow, let's preview some of these big decisions tomorrow. I think the one that's that's kind of most intriguing for me was probably a, you know probably Elijah Griffin, Michigan Diego High School corner, uh, took his visits Alabama, USC, Oregon, Tennessee. I don't really think Oregon is in the mix right now. I think Tennessee is kind of hanging around. They've done a phenomenal job recruiting Jeremy Pruitt. Has been awesome, but I just my gut. I think USC and Alabama are probably the two at the top of the board, and he's going to announce tomorrow, and. My gut says USC because I've seen this movie a thousand times. I think he's really smart. I talked to someone close to the family just last night. They said, you know, he's still going back and forth every day. Back and forth. He'll probably be one of those deals where he'll go to bed tonight with the school and he might wake up the next morning with a different school. And from what I've seen, I've seen Herschel Dennis do this. I've seen Juju Smith do this. I've seen Damian Mama do this. I've seen a thousand kids do this. They go to bed with a plan to go leave something in California. They wake up the next morning and say, you know what? I can't do it. And I just think, end of the day, even if he kid, he kid loves Bama, he loves the idea of being coached by Nick Saban. They've been very consistent, saying the number one factor in their decision is going to be where can I be developed best as a cornerback? Who gives me the best chance to make the NFL? Shoot, you can't really argue with Alabama's success at getting defensive backs into the league, capital L. Right. But end of the day, I just feel like he's going to wake up, and USC is the school that's always kind of been there. It's local. It's kind of where his family wants him to go. Uh, they do love Clay Helm quite a bit. I, I just see that happening. But will I be shocked if he chooses Bama? Not at all. But I just feel like the movie that I've seen always seems to point to the local school when it's a 50-50 you know, choice and a kid is torn. They always decide just to stay with a safe, comfortable choice, which is always staying close to home. It's going to be interesting. Elijah Griffin, you know, Greg, we almost had him on the show today, but he's out kind of doing some personal things. But uh, Elijah Griffin, man, it's going to be interesting. It's going to come down to the wire. You think it's going to be SC. I've got a feeling it's going to be one of the SCC schools. I just, you know, you've been this, doing this deal longer than I have, so I'm going to, you know, give you the right of way. But Bama, Tennessee, Pruitt, Saban, defensive back kind of gurus, it's going to be interesting, man. Elijah Griffin is a five-star recruit. He's long. He's got great speed and ball skills. He's got a chance to be another three-and-out type of player. We'll see what happens. Now, I really like him. I think he's going to be really good. People, I think the one knock I've heard some people say, you know, he's, he's smallish frame-wise. But I think he's got a ton of potential. I think he's going to – he shouldn't have really any any issues bulking up. You know, Pops is a good-sized guy. and 
Yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he's got a chance to be really good. How about Tanner McKee? Uh, another player we've been talking about forever, and he's got a long list of schools. He's visited Alabama, been to BYU, been to both Texas and Texas a and He's been to Stanford and he's been to Washington. I think right now all the house money, all the smart money, has been on the Stanford Cardinal. Uh, I always thought end of the day it might be tough for him to, to kind of say no to BYU, but right now I just I don't get have a BYU feel for Tanner. I think they struggle on the field to such degrees. They change coordinators. I just think, even though we have to say, you know, he's going to be going on his Mormon mission right out of high school, so he'll be part of the 2020 class. So he's going to come back in two years, and there's no guarantee all these schools won't have a new staff. But <laughs> you know, he can he can make it. He, you know, he he can be re-recruited. His letter of intent will be will be null and void at that time, and he can go through the whole process. But typically, you know, most of the kids LDS do come back and go to the same school and it just makes sense if you you know if you're lds you're, you're really solid character wise and so you just seem to always choose a school for the right reason more than just football you choose it because if it's a comfort level and it's because you really like that school itself so that's why i think so many kids go to that same school they signed with and tanner right now i just really have a stanford vibe to him i think he's gonna you know he'll be part of the 2020 class and man if you're stanford and uh you know you have this guy coming back in a couple of years. you got to be, be feeling pretty good about yourself and your quarterback situation. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Tanner McKee, as good as any quarterback in the country, and I'll stand on the table for that, would he be the best quarterback recruit headed to Stanford since Andrew Luck, Greg? He's definitely up there. You know, two years ago they signed Davis Mills, who was hurt, or I think he would have played this year. He was actually our number one quarterback uh, over Jake Fromm. We had, I think we had them one and two. Uh, two years ago. So, I mean, everything you saw, you know, Jake Fromm do this year as a true freshman, you know, Davis Mills is, is very similar, but probably with more arm talent. So that guy is special. Uh, again, he was hurt this year, so he redshirted, but so he's going to be there. Um, you know, I think he's going to be the, the, the future, but shoot, Tanner comes back two years, he redshirts, you kind of split those guys up by a couple of years, and that's going to be a phenomenal one two punch whenever Davis Mills, you know, decides he wants to come out for the NFL. I think he's got NFL talent for sure. So, uh, but yeah, no, I think Tanner's definitely one of the best. I would say probably one of the two or three best LDS quarterbacks I've ever covered. I think he's, I think he's really, really good and has every, every tool you could want. Yeah, no question about it. Let's move along. Talk to me about Isaac Taylor Stewart, okay. Red Helix, and also. Sarah Gardena, wide receiver, John Jackson III. Okay. Uh, so, Isaac Taylor Stewart, I-, I think he's USC. I think uh, he visited Tennessee. I-, I don't see that happening. Alabama, you know, that- that Alabama's involved with so many corners. I-, I think they, you know, Patrick Sertain is the guy they're kind of waiting on. I think he's probably going to LSU. I, I think Alabama might have pulled a little bit of a, a little bit of away from Isaac Taylor Stewart. Um, I think USC is the-, is the spot for him. John Jackson's interesting. Uh, visited UNLV, you know, we came out with the top five yesterday. Uh, of those top five, though, you know, Nebraska was, was one of the five. They never tripped him in. Oregon, UCLA were also in that top five. They didn't trip him in either. Uh, USC is intriguing. That that was an early offer. I don't know if that's, you know, might be more of a gray shirt offer right now. Um, but I, I think USC is really intriguing for him just because that's the school he grew up wanting to play for. It's kind of a dream school. And uh, I, I could definitely see him picking – uh, USC tomorrow. Roland Robertson also at Sarah. They're having the ceremony together. Robertson's intriguing too because he's Illinois or ASU. We thought he was a slam dunk for ASU and Antonio Pierce, but Illinois has given him a lot to think about. He talked to people close to the Illinois program. 
they're, they feel really confident that they're getting Merlin. I'm sticking with ASU, but I'll tell you what, Merlin loves Hardy Nickerson, loves Lovey Smith, loves their NFL pedigree. So I still feel ASU, but do not be shocked if Illinois pulls off the stunner and gets Merlin Robertson to go cross country and play for Illinois. Yeah, that 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 would be a big time stunner, Greg. You considering Arizona State is four hours away from his home. You're gonna go and, all and the way to Champagne. And that's yeah. why I think he's gonna stick with, with ASU and also the Antonio Pierce factor. I know we're up against the, the time spot. Do we have time for a couple more guys? Yeah, absolutely. We got time. Go with it. So I, I think two kids that are both really intriguing for me, Devin Williams, Michael Ezekiel. So Devin Williams, USC Oregon. He was on campus at USC, I believe, on Sunday. USC, uh, uh, Oregon has been the leader with him for since the spring, into the summer, all through the fall. USC didn't really get heavily involved until probably December. I talked to Devin at the Under Armour, Under Armour All-American game, and he didn't really even mention SC or UCLA that much. He said they're involved, but it was all Oregon. And then he took his visit to USC and was kind of blown away. And obviously USC can do that. T. Martin is recruiting him heavily. T. Martin does not miss on too many local guys that he really, really wants, and they really want Devin Williams right now. So that one right now for me is an absolute toss-up. Uh, Michael Ezekiel was posted to visit Ole Miss. He canceled that visit, and guess where he was? He tripped to USC. Wow. So here's a guy. He was an early Oregon commit. He backed off during the coaching change. He unofficially visited UCLA two weeks ago. UCLA really likes him a lot. Uh, I, I think right now Oregon likes him as a receiver. UCLA is saying receiver. USC is kind of saying receiver, hybrid, tight end, slash, you know, whatever. Um, so I think that's another one who, again, just because I've seen the movie, you know, USC is, I just, I'm so used to seeing them win all these head to head battles. But I think UCLA is right there. I feel like Oregon may, may be trailing a little bit, the LA schools, yeah. to be honest with you. But I, that one for me is, is kind of a coin toss as well. So. Both those two are really intriguing for me. No, that's interesting because I mean you're setting it up. You're set. You're painting the picture, Greg, that USC could close in a serious flurry. You're talking about Elijah Griffin, a five-star corner, Isaac Taylor Stewart, a five-star corner, and two four-star receivers in Devin Williams and Michael Ezike. Is and that, I think they lead for Solomon Tulipupu also. And they lead for a five-star, yeah. four-star middle linebacker out of modern day, Solo Tulipupu. Yeah. So, wow, USC could close in a serious flurry. In a, every that would, year. Would that push them into, what we say, top five in the recruiting rankings, in you your know, opinion? I, honestly, I don't know the team rankings, but I would think it'd probably be right around that top five. They don't have a whole lot of numbers. They're not going to sign a 25-man class, which that, you know, but their, their ranking per player is going to definitely be top five. The overall might be around the top five as well. So, I mean, they, they do it every year they few schools can close the way uh the way they can and then one last player uh jared patterson also uh he's down to ucla notre dame it was ucla michigan michigan dropped out notre dame has jumped way in both those head coaches came in home last week thursday friday we thought ucla was probably the team to beat notre dame came in and wowed him on their home visit as notre dame is is uh, known to do and right now going into signing day which he's going to announce tomorrow at some point and I, I think Jarrett Patterson is, is a coin toss between those two schools. So this is a guy that UCLA really needs. Offensive line is probably their weakest position. So Jarrett Patterson would really be a, a nice headliner for them. And then for Notre Dame to come in late, uh, they didn't even bring him in for a visit till uh, mid-January. For them to come in, it kind of shows the power of the leprechaun 
what Notre Dame is able to do. So watch out for Jarrett Patterson, Mr. Viejo, O-Lyman, deciding tomorrow also between, if I say tomorrow, I mean today, because it's going to air Wednesday. But you know what I mean, people that are listening. Yeah, no, um, no doubt. Notre Dame and UCLA for Jarrett Patterson. So that, that, that'll be a good one. Check this out. So Jermaine Lole, uh, Long Beach Poly, again, right. a, guy, a strong ace. We get offered by Tennessee last night. And he actually told me he's going to entertain that thought of potentially holding off signing and maybe even visiting so again for those who don't know you don't have to sign tomorrow right that's just the first day the signing day period runs until april 1st you don't have to sign tomorrow so uh i'll do i do think end of the day jermaine is gonna you know i think he's just kind of playing around i think he's gonna sign with asu still i think that's the team to beat for him and ashari crosswell tennessee coming in you know monday night two days before the signing day it's kind of it's kind of funny but i guess they must have got some late film and said hey let's offer this kid they talked to him and jermaine said hey it's tennessee it's sec football i've always wanted to play there and he said he's going to entertain the thought of, of tennessee and potentially holding off on signing tomorrow so jermaine Lowe, you know we'll, we'll see what he does that'd be that'd be kind of interesting though I mean, the, the theme of, of this conversation, Greg, it sounds like East Coast schools trying to come steal West Coast talent from the Pac-12. That sound about right? That sounds about right. That sounds about right. And I think, you know, West Coast kids notoriously have been known to, you know, they're not married to staying out here, unfortunately. You know, we don't have the same kind of passion for football as they do in the South or even in Texas, right? If you're a Texas kid, sure, you're going to play in Texas. You're going to go to A&M or TCU or UT or Oklahoma. If you're in Florida... You're going to go play for Florida State, Miami, Florida, or Alabama, or Auburn. If you're in California, you know, we don't have that same kind of passion. So the kids just don't grow up as diehard. And so they will leave the area if it's a better opportunity. It's going to be interesting, GB. Signing day. Today. Signing day. Which is Wednesday because we're recording on a Tuesday. But it's all going <laughs> down. We're going to find out where all these stars are headed and why they're headed there. And it should be exciting, man. It should be exciting. I know you. You are front and center of all the action. Make sure you keep us posted on the Transparent Truth. We appreciate you joining us. I know you're going to come back with us. We got some interviews. Brandon Cajo, the five-star linebacker, number one linebacker in the country, is going to be on today talking about why he chose University of Washington. And also, Isaiah Crocker, the four-star receiver, just committed to the University of Oregon a week ago. He's also going to be on later in the show. So we got them coming, GB. We'll bring you back. All right, buddy? Sounds good. Thanks, man. I'll talk appreciate to you. you. Bye. All right. We appreciate Greg Biggins giving us all the recruiting news, updates, and information. But it's time for our sleeper. It's time for our Sit and Sleep Sleeper of the Week. Really want to thank our guy, Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. Our sleeper of the week. We're going to go to Northern California. Offensive lineman Zachary Welch out of Oak Ridge High School, six foot five, two hundred ninety pound tackle. 
Looks like he might kick inside as a guard later on in his career, maybe college level. But he's physical. He's nasty. He's got really good hand placement. He gets after guys through the echo of the whistle. Decently athletic. I think he's a sleeper. I think he's going to continue to improve. He's got a nice upside. I think he's going to be a Pac-12 guy. And uh, Zachary Welch, our sit and sleep, sleeper of the week. All right, right now we want to bring in the top linebacker across the country, new University of Washington signee, Brandon Cajon from Reno, Nevada. Brandon, what's going on, baby? What's up? What's up? How you doing? I'm doing all right. So I got my man Greg Biggins here as well. And, uh, you know, first thing on my mind, B. Cajo, is you chose University of Washington over some other really big-time schools. What yeah. What made you choose – what made Washington stand out for you? Man, the first time I visited there, I went by myself because um, that's, that's all we could afford. Um, so like, I really wanted to check it out because I – I heard a lot about it, but I wanted to see it for myself. And then when I went up there, it's just that just that feeling when you first step on the, on the campus and it just it feels like the right place for you. And that's what it felt like for me. And like I knew instantly I wanted to bring my parents back for my officials. So like that's where it all started was when I stepped foot on campus and just met the coaches and the players. It was just great everywhere. You mentioned the coaches. What about this Washington coaching staff is special? We've heard a lot of kids talk about how special the place is, but the coaching staff is mentioned quite often. Of course, Chris Peterson, the head football coach, but they got a lot of terrific assistants. What about this coaching staff do you really like? It's just uh, that that it's just that that feeling when 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 you talk to them in person, when you talk to them on the phone, and you really like have a conversation about what's going to happen in reality when you get there, I felt like they were just the realest with me. Like uh, I don't know, that's just me. Like I wanted someone to be real with me from the start, so like so I know what I'm going to get myself into for the next three or four years, and I trust them the most with uh, um, with what I'm going to do with my future, and just uh, that university there is a great university with education. And Seattle's a beautiful place. I've said it before, and just you know, my parents loved it up there too. And I'm not too far away from home, but I'm just just away, <laughs> just enough. So that's that's the way I looked at it. Yeah, no question. So University of Washington, they're building a very recent tradition of top-notch linebackers coming up out of there. Of course, we know Shaq Thompson's in the NFL playing with the Carolina Panthers. Um, they've got other guys who've gone on to the NFL. What do you think? How do you fit? How do you fit into that linebacker room when you get on campus? Um, to be honest with you, they want me to play in. They, they want me to play outside, and they want me to play inside. But I'm just trying to see which one's going to be, be um, which one's going to be best for me when I get there. So I, I can't really tell you like exactly right now. But if I had to tell you like right now, I'm pretty. I feel like I could fit. Um, Outside and you know, like keep contained. But I feel like I can, I can do inside too. Just wherever helps the team and wherever I can play is where I'm going to go. So, GB. Hey, Brag. I got, I got two questions for you. One a rankings question, and then another one. Uh, I, had, I also had a college question for you too. But the rankings one first. I don't know if you follow it that closely, but over at Twenty Four Seven, we recently bumped you to the number one linebacker in the country over a guy you know really well, Pilot E. Gautiote. Did you mess with him at all? You know, just kind of bragging rights. He's from Gorman. You know, they get all the love. It seems like he was number one for the last year and a half, and then you came in our final ones and, and bumped him out. 
Does that mean anything to you to be the number one linebacker in the country over a guy who's from your own state, not a rival necessarily, but just a guy from your own state, a school that gets all the love and all the action, all the attention in Nevada? Um, you know, it's funny you ask that because when I found out, it was when I was at the Polynesian Bowl in Hawaii. Um, I lost my phone <laughs> the second day there, so I was with no phone when I had um, I was no, I had no phone when they like well, were posting it on Twitter and stuff. So I came down and and EA was the one first one to tell me, and like he was happy with <laughs> me, and, and, and like I was like, for real, dude, y'all ain't messing with me because we always mess around like that. And like there, he was being for real with me. He was like, he was like, he was shaking it up and, and giving me a hug and saying congrats. And like, I don't know. To me, that's just respect right there. Like that's my brother, and we we've, we've grown. And in this recruiting process together, we're like brothers now. We text each other, you know. So knowing that he's happy, happy for me, and, and knowing that I got that, um, or whatever it is, um, is it's just amazing to see how humble he is about it. And just, I'm very excited about it. Um, I, it doesn't. I know it doesn't mean anything, but um, you know, I'm just, I'm just happy to grow with EA and and, and everybody else that I've grown with in this recruiting process, and that's what it's all about. It's just everybody growing together and getting better every day. So that's how I look at it. Yeah, you know what? It doesn't mean anything, Brandon, but you know what? you got to make me look good. you got to make us look good. So you got to be at least all Pac-12 as a freshman, maybe second-team All-American as a sophomore, then your junior year. I need, I need first-team All-American and first-round draft. you got to go three and out so our, our ranking holds up. Mr. Cajo. I don't root for colleges. I root for players that we rated highly so, so we yeah. look good in retrospect. So can you do that for me, Brandon? Can you be just like a three and out guy, just dominate from day one? I need that from you. Hey, you're going you're going, you're going to get it. Don't worry. Hey, also, I had a recruiting question for you. So we talked about UW. I, I love the fit. I know you also visited, visited Alabama, longtime BYU commit, and also checked out USC. If you yeah. can, I know people don't, people don't like to talk about it during the process, but now in hindsight, um, you know, you, the whole process is behind you. Who was the runner-up for you? Was there a close second? Was it SC? Was it Bama? And, and how close of a decision was this for you at the end of the day between Washington and whoever your number two choice was? Man, it was, it was tough. Um, all, all, all those schools you just named are great schools. And it was really tough for me because I built a relationship with all of them, and it was all great relationships. But if I had to give you an answer of who the second runner-up was, I'd probably say <laughs> out of, it was out of BYU or, or Alabama. So, so, you, so the Cougs uh, kind of stayed in until the very end, huh? Yeah, BYU was, was yeah. always right there, right? It, it was always right there just because that was just home for me. It always felt sure. like, you know, and... and and like I have nothing bad to say about BYU at all. Yeah, I, lo- I love those guys over there still, and I, I know they still love and respect me. And, and it's just life, and, and that's what happens. But if I had to give you an answer, yeah, Alabama or, or BYU was, was was second close. Hey, Bra- I like it. I hey, like it, Brandon. Hey, Brandon. Before we let you go, I got one more question. Now, like you, Greg said, in hindsight. What was your favorite memory in the recruiting process? You don't have to name a school or where you were at, but what was your favorite memory in this entire recruiting process? I'm so glad you asked me that because honestly, it was the bowl games. It was it was just I don't know. It was, it was really a bittersweet moment or feeling when we say goodbye to each other before we go to our shuttles down to the airport. It's just like we know we're not gonna like 
see each other every day like this. And we know like we're all going our separate ways and we're all like reaching the same goal. And it's just like, it's just such a great feeling. And, and like, we keep in contact. We have like Snapchat groups, we have group messages. It's just like building relationships with those guys is, is, is the best thing that, that's probably like, not only in the recruiting process, but in my life. It's been a good, a big, a big and great experience for me. So, yeah, no yeah. doubt about it, man. That that's camaraderie is special. Well, we appreciate you, Brandon Caho, Reno, Nevada, newly signed University of Washington linebacker, the number one linebacker in the nations. Congratulations, good luck, and God bless, big fella. Hey, thank you, man. Much love, man. No doubt. You take care now. All right. Man. All right. Now we'd like to welcome in. 2018 four-star wide receiver from Endurkham High School near Sacramento, Isaiah Crocker. Zay, what up? What's up? How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Thanks for joining the Transparent Truth, baby. How you feeling? Yeah, I'm doing fine, man. Just just grinding it out. Well, you just kind of get yeah, yeah, just kind of getting out of school today. <laughs> um, I mean, let's talk a little. Let's get right into it, man. Fascinating recruitment, Oregon, Oregon mm-hmm. State. I kind of think it kind of came down to it for you. What made you choose Oregon over the Beavers? Um, I do. The reason why I chose uh, Oregon over uh, Oregon State was I just felt comfortable in my place, and um, I just felt that it was just the right fit for me. I'm not saying that Oregon State was not a um, was not a good fit for me because my brothers and stuff were there. Like they, they're the ones who made me comfortable up there, you know. But um, just Oregon, I just feel like I was just it was just the best time for me to to choose that school and the situation I'm in now. I feel like that can get me further than Oregon State will. So that's why I chose them. So going to go be a duck, where do you see yourself in that offense? Are you going to be on the inside receiver? Are you going to be an outside receiver? Where do they see you fitting in in that wide open offense up there? Um, for me, they said that, that I can play all around. Um, I can play slot, XZ. Um, I can also be a return man and possibly play some defense for them as a safety. So um, they want me all around the field and – that, that, that's what's comfortable for me. University of, University of Oregon, top-notch coaching staff. Mario Cristobal kind of taking over for Willie Taggart, who left to take the Florida State job. But wide receivers coach Mike Johnson, he recruited me in high school. I know the type of guy he is, the type of character he has. What are your thoughts on Coach Mike Johnson, and, and are you looking forward to playing for him at the next level? Um, yeah, I, I am. Um I'm very excited to play for him and knowing that he has a legacy um, before, you know, being an Oregon Duck. Um, he coached up at uh, as a Falcons coach and coached Mike Vick, one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. And uh, I just felt comfortable and um, I just feel that the way that he does things around as a coach, um, I feel like he could push me to the next level and make me become an NFL player. Yeah, and I feel, and I'm just comfortable about the whole Oregon staff and how um, Coach Chris Ball and Coach Johnson is working well to get his organization back put together. How close were you to being a Beaver? Oh man, I was I was super close. I really was. I was going to commit like I was really going to commit like right after my uh, my visit. But uh, you know, I just I just had to help, uh, hold on and uh, just just try to see what else was good for me as, as being a Duck. And um, I knew that I, those were my two schools that I was looking forward to. I was either going to go to Oregon State and Oregon, as you guys know, and uh, man, just just that little push of me just holding on and trying to figure out this next visit because I only took two visits, so I wanted to take three to see what was going to go on. Um, the situation of all the wide receivers decommitting before 
opened up a, a big door for me, and I just felt like I had to pull the trigger and take that route. We like to ask a lot of the prospects who come on the show this question. In terms of the recruiting prospects, what was your best memory? You don't have to give us schools and names, but what was your best mm-hmm. memory in the entire recruiting process? Um, in the whole entire recruiting process, I felt like the very, very beginning of the recruiting process was uh, the best part. It wasn't stressful, but it was very exciting. And um, not knowing that I was going to be in the shoes I am today, you know, it's, it's, it's a blessing. So um, just knowing that I was having offers called left and right um, in the very, very beginning, that was the best for me. So University of Oregon... What's next for Isaiah Crocker? How's Isaiah Crocker going to improve his game this offseason so when he gets up to Eugene, he's ready to come in and contribute and be an impact player right off the bat? I'm just doing the exact same thing I am doing every single day now. Um, pushing, doing my uh, my working class, and um, getting everything situated. And then once school is over, then um, you know, I only have a little bit of time to like, get off, but that's the time i got to show off more because I'm not going to have school time. I'm going to have time for myself. Is the ultimate goal the NFL? Of course. If, you, if you're playing college football and you're not playing to go to the NFL, then there's no point of you playing unless if they're, unless you know you have something else going on. and You just want to get your education right. But um, that should be a goal for everybody is to make it to the NFL you know, so you can feed back your family and get back. So that's my goal. Yeah, there's no question about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Isaiah Crocker, four-star wide receiver in Durkham High School, TMP Elite. We appreciate you joining the Transparent Truth, baby. Yeah, thank you. You take care. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And that does it for today's show. We appreciate you joining us here on the Transparent Truth. We never take our listeners for granted. Make sure you follow us. Social media, Coach Keith underscore MP at Greg Beggins. Follow the show. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Without further ado, it's time to bring this baby to a close. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.